0: He stole, embezzled, lost, whatever you want to call it. Billions. More than Madoff did.
1: But when the system rugs you, i.e. FDIC is insolvent, so they have to print money to pay everyone, your money will be debased and mine won't. Drug emoji.
0: Hold me forever. The stock market isn't really doing well. I saw a stat the other day that was like, all of the gains in the stock market this year are from seven companies.
1: This volatility piece is one that I hear all the time from people that are still holding Bitcoin but won't buy more.
0: Wait, people who have Bitcoin but won't buy more? I feel like without Bitcoin, you might have admitted that there was a problem, and then your response would have been like, Well, what do you do? Right? Like, this is just is what it is.
1: You're listening to the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast. I'm Mandana. I'm Ian. That's Keon. And and we're we're the the Receffies. My husband loves Bitcoin, and once a week I let him talk my ear off about it.
0: Yeah, a real cheap date.
1: Cheap maybe, but it's a lot of work.
0: If I'm going to do something, may as well do it the best way possible. And flirting with Bitcoin is audience funded without ads or sponsors.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, this ain't your grandma's podcast. This is Podcasting 2.0. But we can't do this for free, babe. We have Bitcoin to buy and a new mouth to feed. (laughs) See? Our son agrees with me.
0: If and when people enjoy the show, they can support us by giving us a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever they're listening. They can share episodes on their social media, and of course, they can send us some money. Obviously, I prefer Bitcoin, and the best way to send us some is through our two favorite apps, Strike and Fountain.
1: Ah, let's explain how that works at the end of the episode for anyone curious. Sure, babe. But I still like real money, and so if you want to support us...
0: Babe, babe, Bitcoin is real money.
1: Sure, but if you want to support us with old school money, go to FlirtingWithBitcoin.com and subscribe. We offer monthly and yearly subscriptions that come out to less than a dollar an episode. To all our heads out there, keep making and sharing clips of the show to cash in on our bounty program. Make that money, honey. Y'all ready? Hey, Kian, you ready, baby? Let's go. Hey, Ian.
0: Hey, Mandana. Hola, Spain. Namaskar, Nepal.
1: Guten Tag, Germany. Hola, Brazil. Sawadee, Thailand.
0: G'day, Canada. G'day, UK. Hola, Argentina.
1: Buongiorno, Italy.
0: Amusta, Philippines.
1: Namaste, India.
0: Hello, Indonesia.
1: Bonjour, France.
0: Hola, Portugal.
1: Konnichiwa, Japan. Hello,
0: Netherlands.
1: Zadret, Bulgaria.
0: Witam, Poland.
1: Hola, Mexico.
0: G'day, Australia.
1: Hola, Venezuela.
0: And, and howdy, howdy to Texas. Texas.
1: What time is it, babe?
0: The current time is 815046, and we're approximately 751 blocks since our last recording.
1: And how many blocks till the having?
0: 24,954.
1: All right, so let's say I have no Bitcoin and I want to have one whole Bitcoin by the having. How many days do I have?
0: Don't know. But I do know a website I can go to find that out for you.
1: What's that website?
0: Goals.flirtingwithbitcoin.com.
1: Oh, I've heard of that. Is that the Satoshi Savings Calculator?
0: Yes, that is. That is. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to it? No. no. Yes, I have. Okay, I have.
1: Okay. So can you look it up for me, babe? How many days till the having?
0: There are 180 days until the having.
1: So how many Satoshis do I need to buy every let day? day? Let's, let's make it a week.
0: What are you trying to find out?
1: If I start buying Bitcoin, how much do I have to buy this week to be able to have a whole Bitcoin by the halving?
0: If you want to have a whole Bitcoin by the halving, you need to buy approximately 4 million Satoshis a week. And right now, that'll cost you $1,392. Ooh.
1: Good thing I have some Bitcoin. (laughs) I'm not starting from zero.
0: I mean, good thing you have some Bitcoin. Good thing you've been buying Bitcoin this whole time.
1: Right? -hmm. Right? And if I gave you one US dollar, how many acres could I get on Bitcoin Island?
0: Today, you could get 2,928 acres, a.k.a. Satoshi's, on sunny Bitcoin Island.
1: And what about other things like eggs, beef, gas?
0: Uh, Yeah, so shout out to pricedinbitcoin21.com. It's a great website to check out, like, pricing of things in in Satoshis to kind of understand that everything gets cheaper on a Bitcoin standard. Um, But for a dozen eggs right now, it'll cost you 3,185 Satoshis. Uh, For a kilogram of beef, it'll cost you 10,325 Satoshis. And for a gallon of gas, it'll cost you 7,607 Satoshis. The SBF trial is getting very crazy.
1: Well, I just saw while you were setting up for the pod that he was found guilty on all charges.
0: Oh, it actually like concluded?
1: I can't believe I knew that before you did. I was so quiet while you're setting up because I wanted to be the one that said it.
0: I mean, how do you
1: feel about it? Reaction.
0: Yeah, he was guilty as hell. Live
1: reaction, everyone. You hear it here
0: first. He was guilty as hell. But
1: you did not think that he would necessarily get you know, in trouble for it.
0: I mean, look, sentencing
1: hasn't happened yet, but he's been found guilty.
0: What he did, he basically admitted to. Mm -hmm. So like, it wasn't a matter of, was he going to be found guilty? It is, what is his punishment going to be? And I think what the, what I said about it getting wild is that the guy actually went on the stand and testified. He didn't have to do that. Well, he just keeps
1: making bad decisions. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Um, And a lot of the stuff they used against him, a lot of the stuff they used against him was actually from right after when it happened. He was making all these statements in public and he was like doing all these interviews and Mm -hmm. they just like just played back to him what he said and was like, come on, man.
1: Come on, man.
0: Come on, man. So, I mean, we'll see, you know, like he he stole, embezzled, lost, whatever you want to call it. More than Madoff did. So.
1: And he is, I don't know, is eligible the term for it, up to 115 years in prison.
0: Honestly, I just have zero faith in the justice system at the mm-hmm. moment. So, like, since he has been found guilty, like, I'm still like, yeah, but what's his punishment going to be? Like, that's mm-hmm. what they've, like, beaten me down to.
1: No, it's a fair question, and so, I think your hesitation is fair. Um, um, but, but he do, was found guilty on all all seven charges.
0: Yeah, and, like, like I said a couple episodes ago, like, kind of lost the wrong people's money so they might be uh more inclined to ensure mm-hmm. that he gets some punishment um, yeah
1: you get punished when you steal from the rich
0: Yeah, really punished when you steal from these mm-hmm. people but you didn't even steal he just lost it like it'd be different if he was like a fugitive like hiding out on some <laughs> island right like at least he'd be admitting that he stole it
1: It's like mismanaged. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like the way that he tried to defend himself to be like, oh, I don't know. I guess the spreadsheet was wrong. It's like, come on.
1: You know what? I have to say, though, I haven't, I know the trial was what, three three weeks? I didn't see coverage on it.
0: I mean, there was, there
1: was, there's other things going on in the world. From what
0: I understand, they were not allowing any recording devices in the courtroom. hmm. But there were certain, I'll just say, crypto people. That went and sat in the courtroom and then came out and basically mm-hmm. did a whole podcast about his uh trial. Makes right? sense, yeah. So that's what I'd been watching when I was saying like it's been getting crazy mm-hmm. is like.
1: So before we get into whatever we talk about today, which I don't I don't even know what we're gonna talk about today, I wanna give a shout out to Courtney. Courtney is one of our uh I wouldn't say day one. I don't know when Hunter started
0: listening to us, but well, Hunter's a
1: Early adopter. I mean, you
0: can't say can't say he's day one because he, he came through Fountain. And yeah, so, yeah. like, Fountain was, like, you know, month three. Yeah. But Hunter is an OG listener. So.
1: so this is for Courtney, Hunter's wife. Um, give Bitcoin a chance. <laughs> and I wanted, you know, I was thinking, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about how you feel about me uh, being open to Bitcoin. And, you know, as we've been doing these persona conversations, I see you having to relive like the talks that you've had with other people, I think are often disheartening
0: for you, right? Uh, I do if disheartening is the right word, but we can go with that for the sake of argument.
1: Yeah. And then I was thinking like, well, at least he has me. Like I I care about Bitcoin. I'm open to it. Like, yes, we have a podcast about it, but it's still like we compartmentalize the podcast, honestly. Like I still listen to Ian about Bitcoin and I, you know, like, yes, he likes to point out I'm not a Bitcoiner. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like talk about how it feels having a wife who's open to Bitcoin. I mean, so that maybe Courtney can understand the value in, like, giving it a chance for Hunter.
0: I will say that, um and I've said this since even before we started the podcast. Well, I said this to some of my friends when we were starting the podcast, is that if this goes according, this plays out the way that I think it's going to play out. The, like, subtitle of the podcast is, like, Mondland's descent into an capitalism, <laughs> Right? Like, I think... I don't think on all fronts, but I do think on certain areas. You're you're definitely, you definitely see the holes in the system. You would I feel like without Bitcoin, you might have admitted that there was a problem, and then your response would be like, "Well, what do you do?" Right? Like this is just is what it is. Can
1: you expand more on that? Like what Like buying, value like buying the
0: house when, right. we were, when we were buying the house, mm-hmm. right? And you were just getting frustrated at like moving the money around, right? Like. It's not easy to move large sums of money, but Mm -hmm. you had just never really done it like that before. Now, me, my dad's a realtor, so I've seen that happen. I had actually also purchased the house before, but didn't need to move around, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. But like I was before Bitcoin, I was acutely aware of how hard it is. And I think from a from like an immigrant standpoint, I think you're acutely aware of how hard it is to move money like. Between countries, Mm -hmm. But just in general, like, it's hard to move money. And I think specifically, like, when we were buying the house, um, if we had not already been talking about Bitcoin at that point, when I, when I had said, like, this is why Bitcoin exists or, like, this is the alternative, um, it just clicked with you, like, right away because you were actually experiencing that pain point.
1: Yeah, but can you speak on why... It's valuable to you as my husband for me to be connecting those dots or filling those gaps.
0: Because I think there's other dots that you will connect later. And I'm not really pushing hard on those things right now because they're not, it's not super important that like I make that point. But I do think that the seeds have been sown for you to um, think differently.
1: And why does it matter for you for me to think differently? Well, I mean. Like, does it make you feel more connected to me?
0: I think that like.
1: Like we are life partners.
0: No, right. Uh, diversity of thought is good. Right. I'm not saying that I want you to think exactly like me. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I, I just I see the world a certain way. But I do. I do think there are certain things that we might disagree on currently. But if you actually are like the quote unquote becoming a Bitcoiner and seeing things as a Bitcoiner would, I'm not saying you're going to agree with like everything that's on Bitcoin Twitter, but I do think certain things uh, like for example, um, Keon's education. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've made a dent in your perception of like what that might look like for him.
1: I would say that I don't have a problem with Keon going to traditional schooling I don't even care if Keon goes to the best schools. And I know that that's like a weird thing to say as a parent, but I don't think it matters as much as other people do. I don't think it matters as much as you think it does, but because you care so much, I'm okay with you taking the lead on it. I care about a lot of other things. Um, His schooling and education, no matter what, I still think it's, it's on us.
0: Right. But that, But that's my point is, for example, I think that there's a group of people in the world that don't think it's on them. That like 100% think I need to get my kids into the best schools because the best schools are how you raise educated children. Yeah, I
1: mean, sure.
0: It might cost money. I I
1: mean, I think those people also, some of them might also think the way that I do where it's, it's my responsibility to teach my kid how to think.
0: Right and so, learn right, so be human my my thing about the the like education though is that we did have a conversation where we were like going back and forth, and I'm not saying that I won the argument, but I'm saying that like you were like, well, yeah, like if that's true, then yeah, that's better, right, like, and that's when I say like think differently is that to just see that there's like alternatives to what everyone thinks is like Mm -hmm. the default pattern. I think Bitcoin kind of makes just more things questionable or like easy to question.
1: So because I have accepted that Bitcoin is something that is good or worth learning about, you've seen a change in the conversations that we have about other stuff.
0: Yes, I would, I would definitely say that the more we do this pod, not just bitcoin there's like other things now that like i would say you care less about or more about because of i think just this new angle of information coming at you
1: yeah and it's also just showing me what you really value and i mean i feel like i've said this before i really love you and i think you're a very smart person and you're very deliberate and things and I did choose you as my life partner so when you come to me and say like this is important to me I think this is important for our family um there's just my natural inclination or reaction is like all right let's do it I can't imagine being like "Uh, no I don't think so I, I just that's just not where my brain is and probably when we started dating that was not my reaction to you because I didn't know you you know I didn't it's, and, and even when maybe we fell in love and we're committed living together, maybe even engaged, like, it's still different. We haven't, like, built, there's trust, but then there's the, I trust you with my livelihood. I, I trust you with the decisions around my health and safety and my well-being and my, like, you know, everyday existence but eventually when you're married, it's like you got to you, you got you to gotta let go, right? You got to trust the other person.
0: I mean, yeah, um, I think trust is a big part of it, right? Like I think me saying, for example, on our last episode or two episodes ago where I was like, I don't have a retirement account. I'm, I closed everything out. I put it all in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a non-zero number of significant others that'd be like, you're crazy. I know. Um, but I do also think that like, I've made the case and I didn't do that on a whim one day. That was like a a lead up to it where five years in, it's like, okay, like this is actually the better play and here's why. And it's not a quote unquote, get rich quick scheme. It's a, well, I was going to be socking away money for 10 years anyway. Right. Like all this does is possibly speed that up.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, but I, I can't even, yes. I can't even understand my comfort around that decision that you made, but you didn't, you didn't check with me before you did that. You didn't. And then you told me after the fact, just for the record.
0: <laughs> um, I mean the actual, like pulling the trigger, I think I told you afterwards, but I had been talking about that for a while
1: still. um, But you know, that's just the dynamic of our relationship. I think you don't do things like that without knowing in your heart that I'm fine with it like we're not a real like asking permission kind of dynamic but I feel like we have a lot of like unspoken trust in our actions and that's just the dynamic of our relationship that's probably not the dynamic of a lot of other people's but I think you and I just are a little chill (laughs) right would you say
0: yeah, you're you're right. Like we don't really ask permission to do stuff. It's like don't do anything too crazy is basically the rule. Um
1: And we're just not, like not crazy people. <laughs> we're both pretty rational.
0: Um yeah, but at the but same time But
1: when we like when one of us splurges on something, like I'll say you and you maybe you can say how I do it. But you're like, All right, I went and I bought this and I'm like, What'd you buy? <laughs> you tell me and I'm like, live your life. <laughs> like because we're I don't know, I feel like we're both pretty responsible, right?
0: Y- yeah. Yeah. I mean.
1: So, I mean, like, I think you need that, you know, and we did those like married to Bitcoin stuff. I really just think like the basis of your relationship needs that um, for you to then, like, in my situation and maybe Courtney's situation, to, to just be open and like immediately trust your husband when he comes to you trying to talk to you about something like Bitcoin.
0: Well, I'll say it like this. Another thing, another thing that I noticed in in our your our bitcoin journey is your level of comfort like talking about it in like social groups it's it's like a very subtle form of backup right because a lot of times people hear that I'm into bitcoin or whatever they Mm -hmm. immediately turn to you and they're like you let him do this number one like let me
1: I know because that's the dynamic of other marriages
0: right but like first it's like like,
1: you can't tell Ian nothing (laughs)
0: Um, that man does what he wants. (laughs) Yeah, no, but like, it's like a, it's like a subtle form of backup. It's like, I may not be a hundred percent in on it, but like Ian's a smart guy and I trust him. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like we're doing that.
1: No, I totally get the backup, uh, reference. Like I, that's how I feel. I feel like we are in situations and you're in a situation where people are not getting how smart you are. And they're like kind of like seriously and I want to step up and I do and I'm like yeah absolutely we're all in on Bitcoin and it's not something I would say to other Bitcoiners you, like you would be the one that says that but for me I'm like no, no no we're all in on Bitcoin we have a podcast about it like if you want to learn about it listen to our podcast ask Ian your questions like you're lucky to have Ian um, because it's I can't I mean like all this aside, I am not a fan of people who put down their, their partners to other people. Like, at minimum, you should not be doing that. But, like, basic standard is you should be uplifting your partner all the time uh, in public, like, especially. Like, you should always make sure that you're elevating them and making clear that, like, whatever they're saying, you you back up. And you respect and you support.
0: Yeah. And and that's to me the biggest part of like you slowly understanding Bitcoin and slowly like I think you've internalized a lot of things, going back to like you really jump on this having concept and like Mm -hmm. you gotta get in before the having. But like I'm not saying that I don't care if people get in before the having, like it's just they'll figure it out for the next one. Yeah, they will. And they'll remember all the prices that are happening today and they'll just say, I wish I would have gotten sooner. And that's just the—that's just everyone's story. It's literally everyone's story in Bitcoin. I wish I would have gotten sooner. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have just listened to X who told me about it then. And I wish I had just miraculously believed that this new <laughs> thing that I didn't understand anything about, I just like poured my life savings into because look at what it's done. Like, it doesn't work like that. You actually have to sit down and like learn about it. And I think... You, I mean, I'm obviously like a little bit further down the road than you, but like you doing that with me, um, makes it easier for me to do because podcast aside, I have someone who like at least has the basics and is slowly building up their information so that when I have new information, my brain can actually process it by like giving it to someone else Mm -hmm. almost immediately. Um versus like going on Twitter and like shouting into the void or something. I don't know. So like that's another big that's another big part of like you at least at some way, shape, or form, like being like, yeah, I'm in on Bitcoin too. Right. Um, because I think, as I said before, like I think there's a lot of other things that come out of Bitcoin that it's not just about, hey, we're gonna be rich someday. Like that's yeah. like second third order effects of of what i think bitcoin really is i think bitcoin right now is like hey there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the world that's messed up Mm -hmm. and if you don't have one foot grounded in reality then it you can't really connect all the dots right and i think there's a lot of people right now that are like quote unquote watching the news wherever they're getting their news from Mm -hmm. and they're like oh man the world's like going crazy Mm -hmm. what's going on and I'm willing to bet that anyone who's been on Bitcoin Twitter for the last two years can explain to them exactly what's going on without ever turning on CNN or NBC or MS- NBC and Fox and all the news outlets, right? Like, the information on what's actually happening to the world and the economy and the money, it is out there. Citizen journalism is, like, slowly peeling back the onion. It's been going on for a while. You know, the Panama Papers were a big part of it, and a lot of people did not pay attention to that. But the Panama papers showed like these leaders of these countries are literally robbing the countries. Mm-hmm. Where are they getting the money from? Oh, they're stealing the money that was loaned to the country. Who loaned them the money? The United States. It's not like a it's not like an A to B to C to D. It's like mm-hmm. an A to B. <laughs> <laughs> and we know that they're stealing the money. Like that's the thing. Like our law enforcement or financial crimes, whatever you want to call them. We know that they're stealing the money.
1: But don't criminals use Bitcoin?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is my point, though. Like, if if your complaint is about criminals using Bitcoin, fine. Criminals use Bitcoin. They probably do. I'm not even going to sit here and try to pretend like they don't. But what Bitcoiners don't do is pretend like criminals don't use Bitcoin, right? Like, we will very easily say, like, there is probably illicit activity going on (laughs) using Bitcoin. But when you try to turn around and say, "But like most of the crime in the world is perpetrated with the dollar," people just look at you with glassy eyes. Like that can't be true. It's like
1: how? El- yeah. How else does crime Bitcoin happen? New, buddy.
0: Um, <laughs> they had to at least buy the Bitcoin with dollars <laughs> to do the the Bitcoin crime.
1: So you know that was a huge tangent. But I, Courtney, I really wanted to talk to you. Um, let me know what you think. Let me know if this resonated with you at all. Or if you're just sick of this and you want Hunter to leave you alone. He's not gonna. But <laughs> with that, what are we going to talk about today, babe?
0: We haven't done shout outs in a while. Mm-hmm. And I figured we could just like go through the shout outs that we haven't mm, done. Great idea. Um, cause I think it's been like three or four episodes. And I have like this new uh app. Well, it's not new, but it's new to me. App that like I wanted to show you anyway that like shows all of the. The comments and stuff. It's just an easier way for us to get this information. Okay. So um we're gonna do a little interlude and we'll be right back.
1: And we're back. <laughs> so babe, show me what you got.
0: Yeah, so we have a Bitcoin full node at home. We actually have more than one now, but um our umbral is got all these different apps you can install and one of the apps you can install on it is called helipad um it's a boost tracker so we're on fountain people give boosts on fountain but with helipad you just get a list of all of the boosts they're not like separated by episode or anything like that um but this is really cool this is like showing the power of bitcoin and and lightning Because this data is coming onto our Umbral via Lightning. So the messages that you see were embedded in the Lightning payment. And so the the Umbral sees the Lightning payment, it comes in as data, and then this app can actually access that data to make what you see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So
1: So shall we read some comments from the Boosts and respond to them?
0: Uh, Yeah, you read, and then I'll respond. Um, The first one is from... Doug and Roop from two weeks ago.
1: All right. From Doug and Roop. The Bitcoin pension has been going around my head. Now feeling I can't keep contributing to my quote, good work pension, end quote, without feeling like an idiot. Only question now is whether they'll let me take the cash out and buy Bitcoin or transfer it into my quote, pension stocks account, end quote. And I have to go to the... ETF minor Emster route, either way better than X percent bonds. What's Emster?
0: Micro Strategy stock.
1: Ah, got it, got it, got it. So So the only thing that's
0: outperformed Bitcoin is micro strategy stock.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. You never mentioned that.
0: Well, I mean, you know, when I'm making my arguments about Bitcoin, um, I usually don't have to mention MicroStrategies because no one knows what it is. Mm -hmm. So there's no point in being like, Apple did this and it did. no one knows who MicroStrategies is. I just tell them, I don't care what you're invested in, you've underperformed Bitcoin. Doug
1: and Roop knows, though. Um, I 100% feel exactly that way. Ian has uh, the Bitcoin retirement plan, but I don't. Um, So I'm with you. I need to take care of this. It's just, it's hard.
0: Well, here's the thing, right? Um, I think this is a great point that Doug is making. And this actually goes to both the uh, Bitcoin retirement plan episode, talking to like, you know, someone in their 60s or 70s. But this also goes to the Gen Z episode Mm -hmm. because, and I didn't make this point in either episode, is that one of the benefits of treating your Bitcoin wallet as your Roth IRA or whatever you want to call it is that you never have to transfer it when you leave a job? Yeah, right. Like so, a lot of us millennials who worked multiple jobs for maybe five or ten years have these like IRA accounts lying mm. ar- lying around, and it's not a crazy deal to transfer them all to one place. But like, if you don't do it, it's a step. It's all lying around all over the place. Well, guess what? It was designed that way. Mm -hmm. Like it's not an accident that you end up with all this money, just sitting around doing nothing that like wealth managers can then put into the stocks that they want to put it into. Like that is what fundamentally the retirement account system enables. It enables it so that you put your money away and you can't touch it till you retire. But while you can't touch it, someone else can touch it. Right? So, uh, What's happening right now is as people become unemployed because of, you know, COVID or the recession that's happening, allegedly happening, depending on who you talk to. Oh, it's happening. Right. So because of the nature of these retirement accounts and how people contributing money to their retirement account is tied to their employment, when employment goes down, less money flows into the stock market naturally because there are fewer people that have this auto buy of stocks because they don't have jobs anymore. And so you can see this correlation in the investment world. Like part of the reason why stocks go down during a recession is because less of that money is on auto buy with Bitcoin during those periods of like, Oh no, the stock market's crashing is when you actually benefit because when the stocks are going down, everyone's like, Trying to find a safe place to hide that's when they'll pile into bitcoin and so we're just getting a glimpse of that right now like the stock market isn't really doing well i saw a stat the other day that was like all of the gains in the stock market this year are from seven companies wow seven seven companies are holding up the entire stock market that people are pointing at mm. saying stock market's still up it's seven companies
1: <laughs> MicroStrategies is one of them
0: uh I mean <laughs> <It's> got to <laughs> be right. <laughs> technically yes, but no. Um because they were saying sp- specifically the uh the 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 Nasdaq I believe it okay. was. Whichever one is the technologies block of stock. So it's Google, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, someone I forget.
1: All the layoff major layoff companies.
0: And Nvidia, Tesla, okay. that's what it is. Tesla mm-hmm. and Nvidia, right? There's seven companies who are contributing like ninety nine percent or ninety percent of the gains wow. to the stock market? Um, so, um, the stock market's not actually doing that well, mm-hmm. and that's the game is that when you take your money out of that system, when you no longer say your employer can take one percent and put it into some retirement account, and you hold on to it yourself. They can't play with your money and do what they're doing with it, like what they're doing right now, which is propping up the stock market with seven companies. You
1: know, like back to Doug's, we're going to call you Doug. We don't know if that's your real name. Doug's uh, like comment. I mean, again, I feel this way and I, you know, let me know if you ever make the move. But it's it's so hard to move away from the default. Right. Like that's all all getting into bitcoin is right it's Mm -hmm. separating yourself from the default and this one percent match whatever your match is at your company if you have that as a benefit it's a default you know it's something you have to opt into at my job i had to opt into but it was very much presented to me as like this is a no-brainer you do it um and so it's so hard to step away from something that was originally presented to you in that way and still everyone thinks that way so i mean i do think it's one of the probably milestones in a bitcoin journey right Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean i I gotta figure this out you know it's so emotional and if you listen to the first two episodes of our podcast i just was very emotional the whole time because i was like this is a lot to absorb um and so i also think like there's got to be an element of that. I know there's an element of that when you have it, when you're talking to friends or even family, but like going back to if your like spouse is trying to talk to you about Bitcoin, that should be your space. That should be your safe space where you can be intellectually vulnerable um, to, you know, open your mind to those types of things. What's the next boost comment for us to talk about?
0: Um, yeah, not, nothing really to discuss. Um, just want to give a shout out to jingles, gave a great comment just about the, the format of the show and the simplicity of it. So thank you. That was, that was great to hear. Cause we're always working on the format, yeah. you know, thank you. Um, from Mark, the BTC guy, he said, thanks for increasing my understanding of, uh, BYC, but he meant BTC. Um, unless he's talking about crypto, <laughs> you don't talk about crypto on this show, Mark. And uh, he said, thanks for increasing my understanding of BTC and comparing it to real estate. And then we have a comment from another OG. Uh, so Courtney is the significant other or wife, I think, of uh, Hunter. Um, another OG of ours is Zordon. And I feel like Zordon and uh, Hunter are, came in around the same time. Yeah. I don't want to... <laughs> Pick one over the other, but uh, no, we
1: don't have favorites. Yeah,
0: Zordon is another. But if OG. I had a
1: favorite, it's Cindy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. We love you all equally. Um,
0: um. But Zordon is another OG, <laughs> and he had a great comment from a week ago.
1: Yeah, from the Bitcoin Retirement Plan episode, he said, "Great idea and killer show." Role play request: Someone who has a hundred k of investments but is fixated on Bitcoin volatility. They had other family members lose coin because they left it on an exchange. Um, And so I thought this was actually an interesting one, and I didn't necessarily think we would do an episode on it, Um, but I like that we brought it up here because this volatility piece is one that I hear all the time from people that are still holding Bitcoin but won't buy more.
0: Wait, people who have Bitcoin but won't buy more?
1: (laughs) Because they bought it really high.
0: Oh, well, I mean, as long as they're not selling, they're fine.
1: I mean, but they could get more.
0: I mean they could but then that's less for us.
1: <laughs> oh okay, so at least if someone's holding a little Look, but they're worried about the volatility, we don't we don't have to ease their concerns. I mean
0: if you're worried about volatility, you don't understand bitcoin. <laughs> like I say that I say that jokingly, right? But yeah. fundamentally like the volatility is what works for you, not against you. So yes, let's say you bought at the tippy tippy top of this last run. You bought at it didn't even hit 70, but you bought at 70K, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then it proceeded to fall all the way down from your purchase of 70 to 15. Technically, that was a bad day, but it didn't happen in a day. It happened over the course of like a year. to go from 70 to 15. But also, if you understand Bitcoin and you're buying a little bit every day, I don't know how the math works out, but let's just say you bought the same amount in each one of those increments. You'd be up right now.
1: But they're not.
0: No, no, no. I understand that. But what I'm saying is if you only buy once at the top, yeah. you'll be fine. You just have to wait longer. Mm-hmm. When you buy on the way down, your break even point become comes closer and closer to you as you buy on the way down. If you don't buy on the way down, then you have to get all the way past the tippy top again to start seeing your profits.
1: Yeah. And I think I hear you. And also, you know, to Zordon's example of you know, the person's other family members have lost money because they left it on an exchange. I think, you know, with volatility and, and security and all of those things, they just need to know more. And so the question has to be, do you want to learn more or do you just want to be afraid of this? I, I I don't know how to get through to that group of
0: people. I mean, so the people who lost money because they left it on an exchange um I'll I'll put it like this. I know why you lost like I know why you lost that money, right? Like you lost that money because you've never had to worry about losing that money. And you got involved in something that seemed as safe as all your other money things, right? Like no one's ever lost your shares in Apple, right? So like you were marketed to That this is just as good as that other thing that you're so used to, but it's not the same. And because you didn't know enough to know that it wasn't the same, you got taken advantage of. But now that you know that it's not the same, how can you use that to your advantage? And that's where, particularly Bitcoin, because it's the best uh, digital asset, um, but that's where Bitcoin comes to your advantage because. They can't take it from you. It's the only thing that cannot be confiscated from you. Use that to your advantage. Like, yes, you lost a bunch of money because you left it on FTX, right? Well, now you know that wasn't your money. What did you do wrong? There's a bunch of people that will tell you what you did wrong, right? Like, you can always get more information. But if you're just going to be butthurt and call it a day, like, that's okay. Okay
1: or they're afraid because they've heard this our story from someone that you know they trust or respect
0: again like this is where i think bitcoin helps change the way you think about things right case in point when you know how bitcoin works and you know and you can spot fud right like you can spot bitcoin fud Yeah, it becomes easier to spot FUD for all the other things that you didn't really think of as FUD at the time.
1: You know, the FUD thing is not one that we talked about too much in the role play, but I think that was a good starting point when you were explaining things to me. Understanding that what I've heard so far is FUD and why it's FUD and like who benefits from me misunderstanding Bitcoin, that really helped me then frame my thinking as I was learning other parts of it
0: exactly and and that like the, the 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 point that I will make about as a personal example is with Bitcoin during COVID so it's COVID probably like year two of COVID I guess whatever we're still in it to in some people's eyes but it was like in the deep of COVID when the Air quotes here, media came after uh, Joe Rogan for taking ivermectin. Mm -hmm. And like the regular media, quote unquote, the real media, CNN, all these people were like saying, uh, uh, Joe Rogan's crazy. He's taking horse medicine. Colbert, all of the late night talk shows, everybody was making fun of him. And then on Bitcoin Twitter, somebody was like, ivermectin is like a Nobel Prize winning medication that's given out all over the world for basically free. And all I did was Google Ivermectin and realized someone won a Nobel Prize for this drug. And they're saying that taking it is crazy. Like, that doesn't make sense. And I think the, the, um, the FUD of taking Ivermectin was the exact way that you see the FUD about Bitcoin. Where it's like, the people that are doing this are crazy. Right. It's like dangerous. Like recently, Elizabeth Warren is saying that like Bitcoin wallets are dangerous. Oh, she did? Yeah.
1: What does that mean?
0: People being able to hold their own money is dangerous. Okay. Right.
1: I was like, what does she think? They're going to explode.
0: No, she's she's making the (laughs) she's making the crime argument. Right. Like they can hold their money. We can't police their money. We can't control who they're transacting with. And that's bad. She continues
1: to be a disappointment.
0: Right. So my point is, is that the way that they were doing the ivermectin thing is what I had seen going on on Bitcoin so hard, mm-hmm. and it just was like my brain immediately was like, No, they're lying. Like, this
1: is a low cost solution that's going to get in the way of the money grab of the pharmaceutical company,
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, like, once you have Bitcoin in your head and you see how hard it's being FUD, like
1: cash rules, everything
0: it was like they came after Bitcoin so hard that, in my opinion, they just overplayed their hand. Right? They could have said nothing. And they 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 pretty much did say nothing for a good three to four years. Mm. But eventually, like, they had to actually acknowledge its existence. And when they started acknowledging it, the things that they were saying were like, no, this is just not in your best interest. That's why it's getting the FUD. But if it was in their best interest, they would have just kept quiet and profited, just like Nancy Pelosi's done for years, mm-hmm. right? She would have had Bitcoin miner stocks and all this fun stuff, right? But they can't support it because... Breaks the game that they're winning at. Right. So to my point about like, uh, uh, FUD is when you get deep enough into Bitcoin and you understand it, and then you can see all the FUD that you used to hear. Like I do this all the time myself. I'm like, man, I actually said some of this stuff when I first started like researching it. Mm -hmm. Um, but once you realize that, Oh, that was all these people that are now in it just lying. Mm -hmm. Then you just, well, what else are those people lying about?
1: <laughs> and there's a whole
0: list of things that they're lying about if you actually assess what they're saying from the same position that you would about Bitcoin. The only difference is that, like, we can't stop Nancy Pelosi from buying stocks. Like It's just impossible. As crazy as that sounds, like, it's impossible to stop her from doing what she's doing. But they can't stop you from doing something now. The, the, it's evening out. Mm-hmm. The game is evening out. And we got Bitcoin. They got money printing. I'll take Bitcoin any day of the week.
1: All right, babe. Next comment. Can we go to the contentious one that you've been dealing with?
0: Um. also want to give a shout out to R. Shackelford. Um, very touching comment. He said, your level of editing is top notch. There is nothing that makes me turn off a podcast quicker than dead air. The sound of a host hitting a vape or everyone just talking over each other. <laughs> Keep up the good work. We got to kick,
1: out of, I got a kick out of that one. I got to kick out of that
0: one. I I might reread that every once in a while. Um,
1: <laughs> it is so important to me that our show is edited well. You guys have no idea. Uh, Your yeah. time is very valuable to us.
0: Manda and I are both very particular. I think we're just more particular on different parts. But yes, yeah. we we put a lot of thought into how it's edited. It's good to hear feedback that it's paying off. Thank you.
1: So this is a comment from BTFX. And um, I really enjoyed this back and forth that Ian and him had. So he says, why shouldn't I just put my money into capital? You guys swerved this in your role play. We understand that owning a $50 bill is bogus. Owning $50 of Bitcoin is still holding money. Owning a $50 share of a factory that pays out dividends makes sense. Owning a $50 share of a company that is creating value, selling it, and investing that into growth, which includes your share, makes sense. Do you have $50 to invest in Bitcoin now? Yeah, I'm going to put it into Vanguard's, if anything. And then he says, I'm a real yuppie elite, and I will not stop telling people to buy Vanguard's for savings. I would love to be convinced, but I don't think it's going to happen. And then Ian responds, And yet you are listening to at least one Bitcoin podcast on a value-for-value platform. The money in your Vanguard is as much your money as everyone's money in FTX. It all boils down to how much you trust the system. But when the system rugs you, i.e. FDIC is insolvent, so they have to print money to pay everyone, your money will be debased and mine won't. Drug emoji. <laughs> <laughs> BTFX. He said, you sound pretty informed on the podcast. Are you really under the impression that FDI- the FDIC has something to do with owning shares of a whole market ETF? Would you invest in your cousin's business after due diligence? Or is that, quote, too close to the FDIC, quote, end quote, too where do you suggest people draw should draw the line? And Ian responds, the FDIC didn't even have enough to cover the bank failures that happened this year. And that was what, five at the max? And no, I don't think the FDIC does or will own shares of the market, but I wouldn't put it past the Federal Reserve. Remember, there was a time when the Fed owning mortgage-backed securities would have been a crazy idea, but here we are. And then BTFX responded, still don't understand why that's bad for you. If you think that textile mills are a healthy form of capital, meaning they're going to be paying dividends for a long time and you buy a share of a textile mill, you're golden. The Fed can't print more textile mills. If Ben Bernanke thinks that the textile mill market might collapse and start buying shares, price goes out and you sell when you decide they're, quote, not worth that much, end quote, and you have to find a new healthy form of capital. Ian then responds, if you want to own shares of a textile mill that pays dividends, I won't stop you. I'll be converting my dollars to Bitcoin and collecting my 100% compound annual growth rate that I don't have to pay taxes on for the moment, but probably forever until I choose to convert back into dollars. So I love this exchange. I actually think often like with our listeners and the boost comments that we get, it's kind of like an echo chamber. So I really enjoyed that someone stepped in and was like, wait, but what about this? You didn't bring this up. Um, and so like, shout out to you, BTFX, like loved it. I hope you keep listening and engage. But yeah, I mean, I was reading this and I, and I you know, I kind of saw it playing, you know, you commenting in real time. And I think the responses that you gave were ones that I was anticipating. But I think ultimately, like the flaw in the argument here is what if those textile mills Have a catastrophe that impacts them. Like, they're not completely guaranteed to always make profit.
0: So, as with all things, I think my last comment kind of sums up my whole position on this, which is if that's how you think the world works best, like, I won't stop you. Like, I'm here saying, I think Bitcoin is better. You're saying, I think X is better whatever X is, that's fine. I'm not going to stop you. But I know that companies don't pay 100% dividends. That's just impossible. And I know companies have at least, I think if Michael Saylor did either 50 or 20, I'm pretty sure it was 50. 50 like systemic risks of investing in a company Mm -hmm. that you have to actually think about. And basically the government makes this company give out this information. Like here are all the risks. Of investing in our company, right? So, like, if you want to invest in a company, like, by all means, do it. But what about the people that don't want to invest in companies? The way the game is set up right now, we don't have a choice. You either leave it in dollars and get debased away, or you become an investor as like a second job. Mm -hmm. Like, those are your two choices. Now, there are people like I have a really good friend who like turned me on to Tesla what fifteen years ago and. He wasn't wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and if you just focus on one company, like you can go pretty far just focusing on one company. But like back in the day, I think it's a little bit more on autopilot today, but back in the day, that was like a second job of his. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of doing it with him, like learning how to trade and stuff. But like, it's a lot of work. And I'm just saying that, like, I don't think everyone should be forced to suffer money debasement because they can't or don't want to play that other game.
1: Also the great point that you closed out with was taxes.
0: I mean taxes are at the end of the, in my opinion at the end of the day taxes are like the least of your problems. The biggest problem that you have is you don't have a place to put your money that is not going to lose value. Full stop. And the only place you can put your money that's not going to lose value is the stock market. And in that regard, yes, these Vanguard index funds are the easiest place to put your money because for the most part They've at least kept up with inflation, mm-hmm. right? So you're not going to lose money on a long enough timeline, putting your money into a Vanguard, but you're still forced to put your money into the stock market. And you're still forced to accept the fact that we're not going to sit here and pretend like the stock market doesn't crash every once in a while. Like you can't time that, mm-hmm. but with Bitcoin, you at least didn't have to play that game and worry about timing it. I just want a place to save money that's not going to be debased. I want to put away one Big Mac's worth of money today. And in 20 years, I want to still be able to buy one Big Mac with that money. And if I can't do that, my money has been debased. It's Mm -hmm. that simple. Now, there's a ton of people, myself included, that could not have put away what it cost for a Big Mac 20 years ago and buy a Big Mac today. I think I saw someone say like a Big Mac is like $10 now. Wow. like It's something crazy. It I, is. I know. Right? It's if like something crazy. Burgers expensive, yeah. period. So yeah. like.
1: Yes. I saw that people were saying, why would I go to McDonald's to get a burger when I can just go to a fancy restaurant and pay like $3 more? Exactly. Yeah. Right? Like, and get so, a fancy burger. So
0: what's happening is that McDonald's is now charging the actual cost mm-hmm. of food. Yeah. Because money borrowing is getting expensive. They don't have that 0% interest margin to basically lower the prices of all their things and outcompete everybody. So in a world where money borrowing is expensive, where we're at the higher interest rates go, the more McDonald's has to actually recoup that free margin they were getting from 0% interest rates. The reason why, Uh, Someone was saying, I could just go to like a fancy restaurant and get a fancy burger because that fancy restaurant has always been charging the actual cost. Mm -hmm. They can't borrow a billion dollars at zero percent interest to run their
1: franchise to
0: run their Mm -hmm. uh, single restaurant and just be like, "Eh, we'll figure it out later. We got a lot of money to figure it out. Um, So they always have to charge closer to the price of goods. Um, And so for, for me with Bitcoin, like I'm not telling anyone to not invest in other things. But if you don't want to invest in the stock market and you don't want to be a day trader and you don't want to do all of that, you now have an alternative. That is Bitcoin. And yes, it's going to take work to understand how to do Bitcoin. But once you understand Bitcoin, you don't have to learn anything else after that, right? You don't have to worry about what's the next Bitcoin, right? Because like Tesla did well, but it's not going to do well forever, Microsoft didn't do well forever. Amazon didn't do well forever. Like you have to find the next one. You have to find the next one or you just put your money in a Vanguard and let them do it. They charge you, you know, a percentage of, of your money. So, um, yeah, that exchange with, uh, uh, BTFX, um, is a common exchange though. Like I had that the other night when we went out to dinner, Mm -hmm. same thing, you know, replace Vanguard with real estate, yeah. right? It's the same thing. Like everything, everybody thinks their thing is better. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, if you just want to talk about how much money did you make, I don't have to ask you what you invested in. I know that Bitcoin outperformed whatever you're invested in. Doesn't matter. Unless it was micro strategies, right? <laughs> and it says, I know you don't know about Bitcoin. You don't know about micro strategies. So there's no way you were in it.
1: Yeah, but I think what you have is people who have spent a lot of time learning, navigating, strategizing Mm -hmm. this certain thing to the point that they are convinced this is the way. I think it's just difficult for them to think, well, okay, well, maybe I'm I've missed the mark. Maybe this is where I
0: should have put my focus.
1: I mean, there's just so many things that are happening and people are also very like emotional when it comes to money.
0: That is true. Um, And I'll say this, though, like that that knowledge that they have. That was hard acquired knowledge. Yes. And a lot of people don't have it. Mm -hmm. And I think any knowledge you acquire that gets you an edge, you should maximize your advantage. I don't blame anyone for doing that. I think people who get into the property management game, um, it's not easy to get into. Definitely not for me. But if you're a lot of work, if you're in it and you're thriving, like you put in the hours and the time to make that business work and you should get all the benefits from it. But just hypothetically, if you don't want to work that hard anymore Mm -hmm. and you want to actually make more money for less work, do I have a website for you?
1: And what's that website?
0: (laughs) It's called Bitcoin.org.
1: Well, this was a lovely episode connecting back with our listeners, like my favorite thing to do.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I was acutely aware that we had done shout outs, shout outs in a while. So I, I felt like a listener devoted episode was due.
1: Yeah. And you know, like doing all these, these personas and like pulling into different, you know, mindsets. I, I think it really helps to hear what other people are struggling with. It would be really cool to hear success stories. <laughs> I feel like
0: we never hear those
1: uh but
0: when you say success what do you mean success
1: convincing mm-hmm. someone to be open minded about bitcoin
0: um I'm willing to bet that uh there are very few success stories
1: I know that's why I'm saying it would it would be cool to hear those but you know we're, we're all early right so we'll get there um but yeah we've been like a little scattered with the format of the pod and we've been like missing different elements because we are just trying to survive (laughs) our baby wakes up at 5 a.m every morning and then the day starts and then we put him down to sleep and (laughs) like typically an hour later ian and i want to (laughs) sleep but we stayed up late for y'all
0: yep it's past my bedtime gotta go put my pjs on
1: but it's totally worth it it's fun um I you know any couples out there who are busy i highly recommend starting a podcast with your boob because it lets you have like a real conversation you can look at each other you're not looking at your phones get a little flirty i made a chocolate covered strawberries before we recorded and i poured us a glass of wine because why not it's
0: a fun way to record a podcast It's a
1: very fun way to record look you gotta yeah, keep romance yeah. alive yeah, And ladies, if your man doesn't do it, you got to do it for him.
0: Yeah, that's that's good advice, ladies.
1: So next week, let's do another persona. We got to think about it. Do you have any ideas?
0: Um, I mean, you know, we talked about on this episode, the. um Person with one hundred thousand. That's worried about volatility. We talked about technically real estate portfolio people. We talked about uh I think that the next persona is just you know a business person right like
1: you know what I was thinking how does
0: how does bitcoin sorry go ahead
1: I was thinking less about people who have money and more about people who are struggling
0: okay um I mean
1: like you were we're saying
0: we're all struggling we are
1: all struggling, but I think for people who are living paycheck to paycheck are changing their grocery shopping habits, are changing their lifestyles, drastically cutting different expenses because they they can't afford the life that they've been living or they can't afford to save. At minimum, they just can't even have a savings anymore.
0: Well, I mean, I guess for a little preview of of that, my opinion on that is if you have no excess to save, Bitcoin can't help you. Mm. Right? Like part of your if you are struggling and you have no you have no ability to save, like part of your problem is that you have too many expenses. So you could cut the expenses and buy Bitcoin instead, but I think you need to really just cut the expenses um but bitcoin like it's not a thing that fixes every everybody's problems like it's a thing that fixes the same problem for everyone but if you have excess and you aren't saving anything you don't really have the problem of debasement cuz you're spending all your money as soon as you get it right like that is why conspiracy theory hat for a second that is why they debase the money mm-hmm is because psychologically you lose confidence in it and you spend it as soon as possible. That's why, that's that's why there are so many people, (laughs) so many people living paycheck to paycheck Mm -hmm. is like, yes, things have gotten more expensive, but also like they spend all their money. And if you don't have anything, any assets, right? Like you don't own a home, you're not even paying a mortgage and building equity. You don't have a savings account. You don't have stocks. You don't have any assets then debasement does not affect you. You'll at worst get a minimum wage job in this economy and you will be able to buy whatever minimum wage buys at that time. But without excess, Bitcoin can't help you. And this to me is probably one of the coolest, uh, like subtle teachings that I am just now like verbalizing as we're like having this idea for this persona is that one of the things that you learn in Bitcoin in the, in the Austrian school of economics is that you consumption has to follow production. You can't have stuff to consume if you didn't first make the stuff, Mm -hmm. that stuff that we consume, even if we consume it all right away, that was excess. Everyone produced, Enough for themselves and then some more so that everyone else could consume, right? Like we all produced enough for everyone else. So with the excess, everyone got iPhones, right? However, what um money printing does is it allows people to consume without ever having produced anything. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a person who has no personal excess, no savings of any sort, then you are you will be stuck there forever by design right but bitcoin can't get you out of that like because what bitcoin says is if you own me i am your excess and you don't sell me you build me up mm-hmm. you constantly build up me build me up as your excess and over time you will be you will quote unquote be able to get out of this hole
1: do you think that this was also how like crypto was presented to people because I think there were a lot of people, yes and no. Yeah. Who, you know, gave the little money that they had to a random cryptocurrency thinking that it was going to bring their families out of poverty.
0: Right. So I'm not going to speak to every single person who put money into crypto. Cause I think that would just be painting the re- most broad brush you could. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that, anecdotally, people I know that lost money in crypto were not in it for like a Mm long-term asset accrual type of position. They were in it because they heard someone else made 100% in it in a day and they wanted to get a taste of that action. And they didn't, Mm -hmm. right? And then they're mad because it didn't go up 100%. Because in their mind, I guess they were owed that or something. I don't know. Right. So crypto was, is no crypto presents itself as hold me for a hundred years, hold me forever. Especially not like when you look at how it actually that plays out. So
1: romantic. Hold me forever.
0: Yeah. yeah right. Bitcoin, <laughs> Bitcoin, without having a marketing team, without having a group of people going around to conferences saying, like, this is what I'm about, just by its design, Bitcoin says hold me forever. Hold me forever. And if you can't hold me, that is a sign that you are living outside of your means.
1: I can hold you, baby. I'll hold you Ever. Hey, thanks for listening to the show now let's get you set up on fountain so you can start earning money simply by listening to podcasts
0: it's time to join the fountainhead nation
1: go to fountain.fm to download the app onto your phone
0: once you've installed the app and have set up your account search for flirting with bitcoin and follow us you should also be able to find and follow every other podcast you listen to as well.
1: Listen to our show and episodes from your other favorite podcasts to earn your first Sats, which are fractions of a Bitcoin. And keep an eye out for our promoted episodes on Fountain's homepage. We promote every episode so you can earn up to a hundred Sats just for listening.
0: Yeah, that's right. Your attention's valuable to us. You're not just a set of earballs we've collected for advertisers. You
1: can use the Sats you've earned to send us a boost, which is like a little payment with a message. We are very active and respond to almost all the boosts we get. Every episode. We also give a shout out to the top boosters from the previous episode.
0: And if you want to support us or other podcasters with more sats than you earn, you can top up your Fountain wallet with a bank card or a lightning transfer from apps like Strike or Cash App.
1: The easiest way to learn is to just get started. If you have any trouble or questions, go to support.fountain.fm. The team is extremely helpful and responsive.
0: That's it. Now you're all set up for podcasting 2.0.